I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. Today, we have Tony Maricato back on the podcast. He's been putting on a ton of content around choosept1st.com, learnmedicarebilling.com, and much, much more. Tony, welcome back on the show. Good morning. Dave, thank you so much for having me. I tell you what, could I have picked worse lighting for this? So there's more to you caught me at the office. I'm usually at my home office. Today I'm in the clinic, but I think the viewers, the listeners will still get value from today's session. So let's get into it. Absolutely. All good. Here we go. So in the pre-interview, I was saying to you, I'm going to blank out my, I'm going to show my credit card processor. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, you're going to have to jump over to YouTube Check out the YouTube channel, Dave Kittle Show. And I'm going to screen share an anonymous breakdown of my credit card processing of my patients who happen to pay out of pocket. We accept some out-of-network benefits and we'll bill for those benefits with a Medicare biller. But we have a good percentage of folks at any given time, maybe 60 to 75% of our clientele at any week or month are paying out of pocket. And I wanted to show Tony, now I know that this might be a little boastful. I know um, this is probably going to rub some people the wrong way. I know that this is not possible in other metros or other states outside of maybe New York City or other places. I get that. The idea to, first, I want to see Tony's reaction because I've known him for eight or nine years or something. And I just want to kind of see what he thinks of this. This is something that is not on the internet and doesn't, it's not something that is uh, all that talked about. But I have some folks, some patients that have invested a lot of money in themselves and or in our services, depending on how you want to look at it, over the past several years. And I want to get Tony's take on it. So without further ado, let me just share my desktop here. As you can see here, this is my credit card processing window. This is our software. We use stripe.com. I'm scrolling up and down so you can kind of see that there are like this is a live web page. And I have this window here kind of covering up the patient's name and email addresses and their credit card information. But right here, Tony, so last payment with this patient was September 2nd, 2022. And I pulled up I looked up just now before we got on, and it says it right here. They spent a little bit over $313,000 with us. I cannot show right now, but the first payment was July of 2020. And right here on the Uh right side, the last payment was September 2nd of 2022. So call that two and a half years. So, I mean, it is a big number, but it is over multiple years. And we have some other active patients below this. I want to get to this first. So Tony said, wow, what's your reaction? What is your your thoughts? So you set this up and you're like, we were talking about it. And then of course, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, it can't be surprising. I mean, I see lots of numbers. How can that, <laughs> what is Dave possibly going to show me that's going to surprise me? That is a number that absolutely surprises me, you know, and, and I understand you're in New York. I understand cost of living, but that is genuinely astounding to me. And so it even challenges my own biases and mindsets that I'm like, How does an individual put that kind of investment behind their health, their wellness, their performance? But you know what? I mean, all I can do is look at that and be like, that is amazing. That is inspiring to me, not as a therapist. 
that's inspiring to me as a 48 year old adult who's like, this is somebody who's willing to put that kind of money into making themselves better. You know, that's beyond what people would put into for their college degree, for their master's, their doctorate. And it's just put into their health and into their performance. And I do, I find it inspiring. That's amazing. First, it's a great reflection on you that you can provide that level of value. Second, it's a great reflection on that individual. And I think kind of humanity, you know, that we're able to see that to me, money is worthless until you spend it. And I don't see a better place to spend it than on yourself, on improving yourself, your health, your cognition, your knowledge. So that's incredible. Really, Dave. Well, like I said, I know this might rub some folks the wrong way. I wanted to get Tony's response reaction. You can see here on the credit card processing on the top left, concierge pain relief. So this is my legit payment portal. As I'm scrolling up and down, you can see it's moving. Um, and I'm trying to cover up some of the sensitive information here. Now, it wasn't just me. It was my team. And so this was not a... I want to give a little bit of context because there's going to be some folks that just... I know that won't even believe it or they're going to think I just created some you know, fake Stripe page or something. I don't know. But it was not a... This is not a professional athlete. This is not a retired professional athlete. But it is someone who has a probably substantial net worth, probably, I don't know, like 10 million or more, maybe, you know, at least in that range, maybe five to $25 million worth of, of net worth, approximately. I'm, I'm just making an assumption there. I don't really know. But this was not just me. It started off very, like maybe two or three visits a week. And at this time, like we've done different, you know, price testing. And so here in New York City, for this particular rate, it was around, I think it was like $280 a visit. Like I said, started off at two or three visits a week. And then it went to four and five visits a week. Again, this is over the two and a half years. And then it went, then they wanted weekends as well. This was the family, the decision makers who wanted care for their elderly father, grandfather, or grandparent that where there was a lot of like a history of like ortho and neuro components. So there was, you know, a lot of that, right? As you can imagine, someone that was obviously above, call it above 70 years old. And there was a lot of these conditions that required a lot of either manual therapy or gait training and balance and transfer training and counseling and teaching. The There was home health aides. There was a rotation of home health aides. There was a rotation of 24-7 nursing. So I know this is a lot. And, and that was, those services were provided. Uh, the home health aides were provided by one person uh, the nursing was provided by another agency. And then we handle like physical therapy and some of like the, what do you call it? Like palliative care. And then some like yeah. unskilled massage therapy that some of my therapists did. And so at some, at some point over the two and a half years, then we were doing daily physical therapy visits. I was doing a lot of the Monday through Fridays. I was not doing the weekends. And then I had other therapists on my team that were doing weekend visits for this individual. I just want to give a little context there because then I think if you broke down some of those numbers, and you kind of divide it out, then you can kind of see how like the charges might make sense over two and a half years. And if you kind of annualize that, or if you broke it down month by month, uh, yeah, at some point they were, you know, they were spending with us maybe eight to 10 K a month with like physical therapy, whatever you want to, you know, like longevity type of strategies, safety, you know, home safety components, mobility, mobility services, whatever you want to kind of term some of that. Those are some of the things that kind of went in there. And I think we have to acknowledge, you know, a couple of things here. First, I find it interesting that you're in that world. You see the value, you understand it. You're around people that 
are speaking the same language, but even you feel like you have to justify and kind of walk it back because you know the response of so many people that are going to see that and they're going to react negatively to something like that. There really are these mindsets that are out there. And and like I said, I, I intentionally said that is an inspiring number, not because Dave Kittle made a bunch of money, but because this shows me a person who's willing to put that money into themselves and to bettering themselves, you know? And so I also, we have to acknowledge, like, I was doing some research on some luxury cars, not for me, but for a presentation. And I looked at Ferrari and Ferrari makes about 8,000 cars a year. But that's something that people would spend on a car. You know, that's something that people would spend on a, a vacation home or rental. Like that is not, even though it's a huge number, massive number for most of us, that is still something that when you look at it in the context of an individual that they want to make the best of their last 5, 10, 15, 20 years of life, it's a drop in the bucket if they have it available. And what else are they going to do with it? You know, I was researching, I think it's called the giving pledge, where billionaires are giving away all of their money at end of life. And so the same thing, if, if I've got 10, 15, 20 million that's sitting there, what the heck else am I going to do with it? Another 10 million isn't going to help me. But if I can put that money to work, and what's so important is, again, you can provide such a better level of service. You can handle so many more things for this individual if there is a surplus in the value exchange, you know? And so it's not about that money making you rich and you taking advantage. It's about that money providing you the resources you need to provide the service that this individual wants and this individual deserves and this individual has the right to purchase. So I just think all around it's inspiring. And if somebody doesn't see it that way, they're just not ready to see it that way. You know, that's no reflection on you or, or this. It's a reflection of where that person is at this time. Right. And then just for context, of course, there is a big drop off for this next patient. So right now in the credit card processor, I'm showing my it says customers, but this is, you know, patients or clients, but customers as in terms of who is, you know, paying for a service. After that, there's a big drop off to, I guess, reality of the next highest person that has spent with us. And then this is also, we've only used this credit card processor, like I said, since the two and a half years ago, we had a different one before that. So this patient actually spent more with us, but that's like crazy to even think about it. It might might even closer to like 500K, but I know that's just bonkers. But there's a big drop off between the first patient that invested this much uh, or spent this much with us. So the next dollar amount is $36,000, a little bit over $36,000. Last payment was October 31st of this year. So they're still an active patient. And then some of these other patients that their last payment was in 2021 or 2022, um, either they got discharged, either they discharged, moved away or passed away. And so these are the next highest. So $36,000, then $28,000, $27,000, $19,000, $18,000, $18,000, $16,000. And like I said, some of these folks are active. Some of them are not. What do you think of this? I just glanced over at this. So of all this money spent, what are your thoughts on the amount of refunds of these top payers? Any thoughts here? Yeah, it goes back to, you know, better clients, better outcomes, less hassle. Like usually it's those price sensitive shoppers that'll buy something and then get the regret and then return it and want their money back. And 
So the fact that there's no chargebacks when you're looking at those kinds of investments, no, it's not surprising at all. That makes total sense. That's everything that I've heard from every successful business owner, and it's consistent. Um, Yeah, that's great. All right. I will stop share. We could riff into other things. I know I wanted to to use that as kind of like a hook. You and I are always talking about different things to either put content out, help practice owners, help physical therapists, help PTs, OTs, SLPs, whatever it might be. So let me kick it over to you for the next thing. You know, you and I had mentioned marketing a little bit. Marketing has been a big topic lately. I look at marketing as communication. And so that's a great example. Like, does the marketing message resonate with the ideal consumer, the person you can help the most? Obviously, none of those individuals there were just looking for a free offer. They weren't coming in for free screening and kicking tires. So you were able to communicate in your marketing the value proposition that you can deliver, you know, that your yours is so unique. And I think that's where the conversation just always has to go back to is, what are you selling? You as in the population, everybody listening to this, what are you really selling? I was on an interview yesterday and we talked about my value proposition. I've told you this before, Dave, but nowhere in my marketing materials and my communications does anybody see what a great therapist I am or I have working for me, credentials, none of that stuff. My three value propositions for my community, my patient population, we guarantee no surprise billing. You're never going to get an invoice that you didn't expect. You're never going to get a charge that you didn't pay in advance or know about. We guarantee convenience. So there's no cancellation fees. And when you park in my parking lot, you literally can walk 10 feet and come in my front door. And we're never going to make you worse, you know, and that's the value proposition that I focus on to my physicians. I'm like, look, guys, I'm probably not going to make your patients better, but I guarantee I'm not going to make them worse. And so you're not going to get an angry patient coming back to you. You're not going to get complaints. You're not going to get any of that. And every physician, I mean, we live on physician referrals. Every physician understands that value proposition and it resonates with them. And what happens is even when they're under pressure to send to the hospital-owned, because these are hospital-based physicians, hospital-owned rehab, those patients get hurt. Those patients get frustrated. They're angry at the therapist for not listening. Now they have the green light to send those people to me. And once they come to us, they never leave. You know, So from a marketing communication, it's understanding most of my people don't want to get hurt more than they want to get better because the conditions that I treat, they're going to get better no matter what, or their persistent problems that they've been managing for years. They just don't want to get worse. One other thing real quick that I think is interesting in that screenshot that you shared. Well, let me, you respond to that. And then I will talk about this next topic. Well, so that patient that I was showing on the previous screen share that came from a Google ad that I can't recall, but at the time that cost of that lead was like somewhere between 50 and hundred dollars and look how much they spent the lifetime value. Now I know it skews the numbers. And if you take them out then the lifetime value obviously changes and I kind of have to, you know, keep that with a grain of salt, but you mentioned marketing and physician referrals and I'm in New York city. We do home visits. We travel at our patients and clients. We go into hospitals sometimes when the families call us and they're like, Hey, we found you on Google. 
the physical therapists here at the hospital are terrible or they've been off for the weekend or they're understaffed or whatever excuse. And so we say, hey, you know, have you gotten approval from the you know nurse floor manager or somebody there or whatever? Or do we need to sign anything or whatever? And our therapists have gone into hospitals where they're not employed. Now, I know there's a little bit of liability there and I know that's not going to be for everybody, but we do it as a courtesy because we go in there, we meet the family, we meet the patient. Oftentimes, we're not even really doing physical therapy. We're not even really doing skilled care. It's really like a way that we're getting paid to like meet this potential patient or client because they're on the verge of being discharged home. And then obviously, if we do that even one time, one visit into a hospital to meet the family or a patient in the hospital, who do you think they're going to go with for home visits? Obviously us. And as you can see from some of those top payers, like people end up, they don't think about it in the beginning, but they end up spending a lot over time. So there's a little bit of not a dichotomy here, but it's like you have a different, like there's a physician model and you certainly should be doing that. And at the same time, it's like other, you know, direct to consumer marketing that we do. And it's like, maybe in this conversation, we can continue to kind of riff on that where like, there's a blend of those two. You don't have to be one or the other because I definitely want to speak to some physicians, but I do not market to physicians like you do at all. So not even to that a level. Well, that's why I like coming on and talking to you because we have such polar opposite business models and, and we represent such different ways of doing things. But I think we're both successful. I think we can both communicate and ultimately we're both trying to serve the client to the best of our abilities. So what I was going to say earlier was the thing that I love about that screenshot you shared was it's about lifetime value of the client. And again, yesterday in one of my interviews, I was talking to somebody and I said, you know, I forgot about this because I've been in such a little, you know, group of people. But I remember a couple of years ago going to conferences, listening to other professionals speak. And I realized that we still kind of have this idea in therapy that you're a better therapist if you get your patient well quick and you discharge. And I'm like, where is this idea coming from? You know, like, why would I want that? If it was my mom or dad going to therapy, I'd want them to achieve maximum potential outcome benefit. I would want a therapist who wants to look way beyond just what the insurance is going to cover and provide them the opportunity to purchase those services. And I do. I think that it comes from, you know, we spent decades in an insurance-based model. I'm still in there. That's fine. But in an insurance-based model, we're pushing for discharge. We want to discharge quickly. And we've conditioned ourselves to think, well, I'm a better therapist than you. I can get this patient to discharge and independence quicker than you because I'm better than you. When in reality, you know, it it goes opposite of everything. And I remember as an exercise tech, which would be a rehab aid, I was sitting in an outpatient clinic. I love these therapists. They did a great job. But I heard the therapist say to a patient, I hope I never see you again. So terrible. So terrible. I remember hearing that. I'm thinking, you're a business. What are you saying? Why would you say that? And what's unique about this was I realized over the years, I would see patients reluctantly come back and they would feel like a failure. The patient would feel like they're letting the therapist down because they either had a new problem or the same problem that came back. And they felt guilty because they weren't doing their home exercise and they weren't doing the other things. And I've known patients to go to other clinics because they were so embarrassed to go back to the therapist who said, I hope I never see you again. And it was well-intentioned on the therapist side, but like, this is the thing we're trying to overcome. So, you know, you're not in your head. You know what I'm talking about. Share your thoughts. 
So my thoughts are, well, first of all, if you're a practice doing that, spinning out or, or trying to discharge patients as soon as possible, I get that the goal is they want to get back to, they want to be pain-free or they want to be able to get back to CrossFit or running two miles or gardening or whatever it might be, right? Okay, that's fine. But if you are getting patients, your whole focus is getting them discharged as soon as possible, two to six visits or whatever it might be, three to six visits, something like that. Then you have to be a lot, you have to be really good at marketing. You have to be better at marketing than me. You know what I mean? So like our lifetime value of our patients and clients, they kind of stick with us for a long time. Now, of course, there's some people that try us out for one or two visits and maybe they have a messy apartment or something and they they feel embarrassed about that and they don't want a therapist to come back. And then some of those people are more likely to go to an outpatient office. Okay, that's fine. They just happen to not be our ideal client. That's totally cool. But if you're spinning out any orthopedic issues, even chronic low back pain, within six to eight visits or something when they really might need more time with you or they might need more progression of their routine months or weeks in the future, but you're discharging everyone because you're afraid to like resell them another package or you feel like you're a burden on their credit card or, you know, a cost to them that I don't get. I mean, I'm here. We're here. We're all here helping patients and clients. And there's going to be, at least for me, there's going to be some segment of the market that like always has another goal, right? Tony, they like, okay, I was able to get back to gardening. Now I want to be able to get back to playing with my children or grandchildren on the carpet. And then, but I can only tolerate it for 15 minutes. But then the next goal is I want to be able to do it for an hour or two. And then the next goal is like, I want to, you know, walk on the beach. And then the next goal is like, I want to be able to go on a cruise. And then the next goal is like, I want to travel to Europe for like a month or something like that. Right. So there's at least our clientele. I don't know how it is anywhere else. But our clientele here in New York City, there's always like a lot of hustle and bustle and a lot of folks have some internal drive or motivation to do more, be more, see more things, experience more things. And so for us, there's a a good amount of folks that always want to do more. And if that's the case, you can kind of discharge the episodic things, but you still keep in touch with them. We would never want to say, oh, we hope we never have to see you ever again. No, we say... Hey, Tony, if you ever need us for a tune-up, a check-in, a little, a stop-in, a little, we don't even say re-eval or, you know, progress note or progress eval or whatever, but, you know, if you you need a little tune-up, a little check-in, if you have something that you want looked at, whatever, reach out anytime, or we'll reach out to previous patients or clients in between their issues or things like that. But yeah, it really rubs me the wrong way to be like hearing other therapists say, we hope we never have to see you again. And I mean, that's just not now with social media and people traveling and doing more things and pickleball and I mean, a million other things, right? There's always going to be more like little setbacks. And we are, I believe, physical therapists, PTs, OTs are kind of primed to be those providers of choice to get those folks back to what they're doing, but then stay the lifetime therapist or the lifetime provider for that person check in with them every couple of weeks, check in with them every couple of months, even if they're not spending any money with you, that's okay. But it's like, Hey, we're here for you for the, your life, the continuum of your life, which is like a huge value proposition. And then when you reactivate them, you're not spending any money on marketing because you already either got them referred by a physician, or in my case, they found us on Google or they clicked on a Google ad or something. So then they come back to us six months later, 18 months later, two years later. And there's no marketing cost to acquire that evaluation or that new patient. Right. And I mean, that's one of our biggest competitive advantages. You know this about us. 
I've been in business 22 years here in Ohio. I've been here since 2006. I came here with no connections. I came here with nothing. But if I walk out that door right now and I look at the people in my clinic right now, I can almost guarantee you four out of five of them have been patients of mine for multiple years already. I don't spend any money on you know ads or marketing or anything because once I got the first year of patients and 30% of them came back the second year, and then I got a couple more new ones and then it snowballed out from there. The best sign to me, the best sign to me that you're a good therapist, whether you're working for me or anyone, isn't how quickly you get your patient better. I want you to get them better quickly, but it's how compliant, you know, Jerry Durham talks about completed plans of care. How compliant is your patient? How much do they prioritize your time and what you're doing with them? And then do they come back? Because every human is going to have a need for therapy multiple times in a year. And so I think, and I know I've been saying this for 20 years, the future model of therapy is you let insurance pay for what insurance covers. You let insurance be the lead gen that brings them into the clinic initially, low risk to get the benefit. But then once that's done, now we move them into either a self-pay maintenance program. It could be supplemented with a Medicare-covered maintenance program. It doesn't have to be all out-of-pocket, but we should have some sort of continuity so that once they're done with what insurance covers, we can then offer them more. And like you said, I I think if I talk to any of my patients today, even the ones on an insurance-based plan of care, I say, John, why are you here? What's your goal for therapy? They're probably not going to say, I need to feed myself, dress myself, bathe myself, which is what insurance is paying me to get them to do. They're going to say, I want to hike. I want to garden. I want to travel. Those are non-covered services, you know? And so in the ideal model moving forward, it's I'm the therapist. I do the evaluation. I create a plan of care that includes everything that I think is optional or optimal for that patient. And then we decide, okay, insurance will pay for these elements. You're going to pay out of pocket for these elements. This is how we're going to include, you know, these things. And you give them the choice. And I'm all about patient choice. But if I only have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. If I only do insurance, I can't offer them those extra things. I just had a patient this morning. I've got four evals, four new patients on my schedule today, squeezing you in between them. She came in. This is actually kind of an interesting story. She came in, 32-year-old female, low back pain, SI joint pain on one side. Now, I do manual therapy. I do all those things. But when I hear that story and she told me her symptoms have been going on about six months, she told me she's had no surgical history, no trauma, no falls, no accidents, nothing like that. Just started to hurt, progressively been getting worse. Immediately in my mind, this is not a mechanical problem. This is not biomechanics. This is a chemical problem. There's something going on, immune response, something like that. Sure enough, we get into it. We start talking. I hear that she's gained a little bit of weight. She doesn't understand why, no major changes to her diet, you know, these other things. And I'm like, to me, somebody gains weight, it's usually a chemical problem. I put you on a steroid, you're going to gain weight, right? I I change your body chemistry, you're going to gain weight. And so I have a strong feeling based on my evaluation that she's dealing with something immune related or something that's changing her body's chemistry. And so guess what? That's not a covered benefit under her insurance policy, right? 
So I can provide her the education, the biomechanics, the stuff that is covered under insurance. But if she really wants to get to the root cause of what's going on now, because if in her mid-30s, it's probably not going to get better in her 40s, 50s, and 60s if she doesn't make these lifestyle changes. That's all a self-pay program. And if she doesn't want to do it, no problem. There's thousands of people who don't want to do it. I want to help the people who do want to do it, who do want to invest that money to put it into making themselves better in 10, 15, 20 years. You know, so that's my business, even though it is a core insurance based model. I want to help those people that want to do more. Got it. Well, since you were talking about marketing, I heard recently on some video somewhere of yours that you started YouTube ads. You did a YouTube video ad. Was that is that correct? It is, but like most things, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm a tinkerer. We saw a big slowdown in the clinic. I'm seeing more and more physicians under pressure to keep their referrals in network with their hospital providers. And so I'm like, I've got to hit these clients like earlier in the journey. And so obviously I've got a YouTube channel. I've got 41,000, 42,000 subscribers. I'm comfortable on the video. I'm like, I'm just going to throw a video up there. I'll put some money behind it. What else am I going to do with the money? It's going to get taxed if I don't spend it. So let's just put it into something. Um, so <laughs> I did, but you know, like you are light years ahead of me when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I don't have a good tracking system. I don't have a good conversion page. I didn't even create a sales page for it. I just put up a video about a minute and a half, just, hey, my name is Tony Maritato here in Monroe, Ohio. I'll give them my little spiel. And I just send them to my website, you know, because I'm like, if they see it, they're going to call. I'll get them on the schedule. But I don't have a good tracking system to track conversions. So I will say I've had multiple, about 10 of my current patients who are like, oh, Tony, I was, one person said they were playing Candy Crush. I don't know how this happened. And they were like, I saw your video. You, you came on and I heard your voice and I recognized it. And I looked and it was you on video talking about this clinic. So I know it's getting seen. I did limit the geography. So it's only being shown to people who are in three zip codes, the immediate zip code and the two surrounding zip codes. I'm not spending much. I mean, I think I spend maybe like $50, $60 a week on it. Um, it's gaining some views, gaining some traction, but nothing major. I was just like, I got to just try it, see what happens. So it was just a funny project. And I'm assuming you or your front desk folks will always ask patients, like, how did you hear about us? Whether they're referred by, I mean, for the most part, it sounds like they're referred by physicians, but if they if they don't write, you know, a physician's name on your intake or whatever, do you guys still ask that? And and have you had any new patients from that particular video ad? That's a, another really good question. And another really good look in the mirror to say, I should be doing it. I would coach anybody watching this to do it. But no, I don't. I don't do it. Because ultimately today where we are, you know, it's like, should do I track my finances? Me? My wife does. I don't. If there's enough money in the bank account to pay the bills, that's cool. I'm happy with it. I should be tracking. I should be asking. I used to when I was in growth mode, when I was like, all right, we're going to build this. We're going to sell it. Yeah, I knew every referral source. I knew where people were coming from. I knew the triggering words that would get them to click or do whatever. These days, I'm just here for fun. I'm just like, the clinic, as long as it doesn't lose me too much money, as long as my team is happy, as long as my patients are happy, I don't care too much. 
So no, I don't. But I do kind of make a mental note. And I'll tell anybody watching, like, we probably get one or two calls a day, a day from people who have seen me on YouTube that want to talk to Tony, that want to ask a quick question or something. Dave, I don't know. I think you're on Clarity. For people watching, if you want to... I'm not, but I I know you are. You gotta. Just do it. I still charge $5 a minute for calls, but I say, say, here's my Calendly link, and the first call is $300. Yeah. So So they have to to pony up $300 instead of pay by the minute. But anyway, go ahead. Well, I like pay by the minute. So Clarity is a website. I used to use Calendly. Um, Clarity is a website. It's, you can go on, you can create a free profile. It will charge clients by the minute to talk to you on the phone, not video, which I think video is very intimidating for a lot of people. They take 15%, but they only take 15% after the payment has been processed. They process your payment. They have a scheduling feature. They have a texting communication feature. It's really a great service, clarity.fm. I'm not an affiliate. I don't get paid by them for anything. I just think when somebody wants to talk to me, they should put some money on the line. They should invest at least something so that I know they're serious because there's nothing worse for you, for me, for any of us than to give our best advice and then nobody, they don't do anything with it. You know, like that's a complete waste of time and money. So at least this is a quick feature that lets them pay. But yeah, I'm still going to go back to for social media. YouTube has been my favorite for my demographic, older adult population. They're watching videos, they're searching. You go to Seth Godin, it's push-pull. They want the information. I've had people drive hours and hours to come see me for a session just because they saw me on YouTube. So, And I heard another video, I don't, I can't recall which interview, but for some of those, I think you'll charge out of pocket, right? Especially like if they're out of state yeah. or something and they don't have, you know, an Ohio-based insurance plan that you guys, you take all those. But if they're out of state or something, I think you charge like 300 or 400 or something per visit for that. Yeah. So basically I'll, I'll you know, get a sense for what they need and what they're looking for. And it, it's a $500 fee for $500. Nice. I tell them, look, I'm going to get you the home program. I'll answer all your questions. Like we'll be here in the clinic. I'm not going to say it's a time restricted thing, but it's about an hour. Now I will say for perspective, like me 20 years ago as a new grad, 16 years ago, whatever, I would block an hour for every patient today. I'm going to do 15 to 20 minute evaluations. I do things very differently today than I did back then. But for something like that, somebody who's commuting, coming in from Michigan, Kentucky, or Texas, I had one guy from Texas. Wow. Like, put that on video. It is. It's incredible. And when they come, I'm not selling them. I'm not convincing them about it. They're they're already pre sold, they're warmed up. Absolutely. Like they will do anything because they've watched 20, 30, 40 of my videos. They think we're best friends. They know everything about me, my dog, Tucker, my kids. <laughs> and like they just most of the time, I'm just confirming what they already do and know. I'm like, yeah, that's good. Keep doing it. So it's it's incredible how effective that is. What are your thoughts of other practice owners watching or listening that don't want to be in the spotlight or don't want to be the one? getting those types of calls. Have you seen any practice owners where they're behind the camera maybe, or they hire a camera person and they're recording their staff? Cause I feel like, you know, we might want to do something like that for partnering with outpatient practices that we might partner with or, or acquire in the future. 
I've talked to some videographers in the area here about following some of my home therapists into visits. And then we got to get, you know, patient consent and all that. But what are your thoughts on that? I feel like that would scale better because then the practice owner is not going to be the one that is getting those phone calls. And, you know, yes, you risk like then eventually if that staff therapist like goes out on their own, like, and they have a little bit of a following, maybe you risk that maybe that's a small risk or whatever. But for me, I don't want to be the, you know, you've done an amazing job with YouTube, but I don't want to be the person on YouTube, like you or Bob and Brad or whoever, like doing clinical stuff. I'd rather have just like I currently do with my current therapist. I want them to stay busy or I want them to see the new patients and the new evals and, and kind of carry out the plan of care. So is there any practice owners doing that that you've seen? I haven't seen it done well. There's a couple of videographers that I talk to, great guys. I look at the content they put out, you know, their replies to me have been, this is more corporate. This is what corporate wants. They're beautifully done. They're very skilled individuals, but it doesn't resonate. It just, and, and you see it in the view counts, you see it in the subscriber counts. I mean, any of the big corporates could crush any of us and none of them have effective YouTube channels. Now, the argument, and this was my 20 year ago argument, I would never want to name a practice Tony Maritato Physical Therapy because I don't want to be part of that, right? Everything was generic. Everything was was branded for the company and not for the individual. But I think we live in a different economy. We're in a different time. People don't want generic. I don't want the best general surgeon, general physical therapist. I want the guy who's the best at knee replacements. And then I want the guy who's the best at rotator cuff repair. And so right now, there's a group of patients out there in the clinic. Many of them saw me, um, saw me on marketing, saw me on YouTube. I did their evaluation. I don't see any of them. None of them are here to see me. Now, part of that is my team out there is amazing. They're funnier than me. They're better looking than me. They're smarter than me. So like, once I make that transition, the patients don't want to see me anymore. But I would say this day and age, like you look at Gary V, you look at Hermosi, you look at the big names that are out there. I think you can create a personal brand that resonates with a community of clients, but I don't think that client's going to demand to see you anymore. But if you just don't want to do it, you don't want to be behind the camera, then I do think you need to put that money behind an individual on your team. I do think you need to make personal connections and I do think you need to acknowledge, okay, uh, you know, we're here in Cincinnati. I've got a jersey up on the wall. Joey Votto's contract just ran out. I mean, the Reds invested 40 million or whatever in him. They built him up. He is what he is. Now they're not renewing him. Well, he's going to go sign somewhere else or he's going to take a job as an announcer or something like that. It's the same for us. If I took one of my people and I built the brand around them, that's awesome. At some point, they're going to leave and they're going to take the referrals. They're going to take the patients. And, and I can't be upset about that. I have to acknowledge I got the best of the situation when I had it. That's good. Now I pat them on the back. I wish them the best and I let them move on to their next you know, level of their career. And, and that's, that's the way things are going to happen. Right. Uh, I don't want to take too much of your time. I think this is a good place to pause. As always, awesome to speak with you. And we could always riff on more topics. So Comment below if you find this interesting. Uh, subscribe to The Dave Kittle Show on YouTube. Also, LearnMedicareBilling.com. Learn Medicare Billing on YouTube, as well as uh, ChoosePTFirst.com. Choose and you don't have a YouTube for that. You just, you, you build no, the, no. you're you building the directory and the blog. 
You got it. All right. Connect with Tony Maritato on Facebook and LinkedIn. He's always putting out seriously, like ridiculously insightful content. I think half the time Tony thinks it's like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes you're, you think like you don't think too much of it and you're just throwing stuff against the wall, but everyone knows, everyone knows that Tony posts really, really interesting and insightful stuff. So please keep doing that, Tony. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me. Talk soon. Bye. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com. Or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.